Hey, Adam Peterson here. Welcome to the Heroic Music Producer Podcast. Today, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about how I got into uh, recording in general and then also into multi-track recording. Let's go! I spent the last 10 years of my life learning how to produce and mix music from some of the most successful producers in the music industry. Now I'm betting it all on myself that I can create a successful full-time career as a music producer. The question now is... How can I do it without begging big-name artists to sing and rap over my instrumentals? This podcast is here to show you how. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply, and share exactly what it takes to make it as an online music producer in the 21st century. Hi, my name is Adam Peter Shin, and welcome to the Heroic Music Producer Podcast. Hello again, guys. It's April 15th. This is episode number three. Wow. The first three episodes, you guys are hearing number three. So third time's a charm. We'll see. I actually went back and listened to the first couple. Not too bad. Not too bad. I can tell I got a ways to go before I get really comfortable at this. But I got to tell you guys, the process of making a podcast is really fun. And I'm really enjoying the process. But yeah, Today, I'm going to tell you guys about how I got into recording, uh, just in general. It was actually kind of an accident, and uh, dive deeper into that side of my story. So yeah, so so back in ninth grade, um, I had this English project, and at the time, our teacher, I, I can't remember the specifics. I think we had to somehow re- take a story from our textbook and relate it to... Um, something modern and use and it was definitely a creative project because I remember I think some of us were writing some of us were making videos I remember there was a group of people in our class who uh they had like the one of those VHS tapes that would fit an eight millimeter tape so so on the camcorders back then they weren't digital they were still very much analog tape and uh they people would go outside take the camcorder record it on those little small uh, block-looking tapes, and the way you would play it back on on one of the TVs. Uh, this is kind of in the age of where you go into class, and no, if no one was, if the if the teacher wasn't there, and you had a substitute teacher, you would see this big TV uh, roll out on wheels, and you knew that there was going to be a day where you watched the video. And those were always the best days because you didn't have to do any work, so you'd always see those big uh, CRT TVs roll out on wheels, and you'd be so excited that okay, no work today. Uh, but at the same time, VCRs, this is kind of before the time of, uh, way before Blu-rays, but even before regular DVDs, uh, people used to watch movies on VHS, if any of you are, are old enough to remember those days. So the people would, uh, they'd record their movie, and then they put it into the, the tape lock. Um, but I decided to do audio, and I remember specifically at that time, you know, I was I was into making... I was into playing drums, and I knew that that was something I was passionate about because I was playing in the school band. But I think even back then, I had it in my mind, hey, Adam, you'll never be a rock star. All these all these people being rock stars, that's, it may look glamorous on TV, but it's really not all that's cracked up to be. So for whatever reason, even though I was kind of interested in music as a whole, I wasn't really interested in, in being a pop musician or being any kind of mainstream music artists if that made sense but for whatever reason I kind of threw that caution to the wind and uh, I decided to step into the world of 
trying to record a song for this music project, or for this English project, rather. So, at this time, uh, I'm living in Denver, North Carolina with my family, and my basically my mom, my sister, and I, we shared a bathroom that was kind of in between our rooms. My sister and I shared a bedroom growing up. We had bunk beds, and we had this bathroom that was in between my mom, where my mom was staying and uh, where where uh, my sister and I lived, or, sorry, not where we lived, where we had our room. And uh, I'd go into this bathroom when I was getting ready for school, and I'd always turn on the radio and listen to some, either some uh, Top 40 type stuff, or I'd listen to some um, some hip-hop. I was starting to get into to rap and listening to rap uh, throughout middle school and high school. And uh, this this tape player, I remember this black little boombox. It was kind of like in between a, a big boombox and like a really small one. It was a medium sized black boombox with a with a handle. And uh, I, at this point in time, I think uh, elementary school, middle school, I was I was going through the process of really how you make a mixtape, where you you stick a tape cassette player in there, and then you record something off the radio. You have to wait until your song's coming on, and then uh, you would hit the record button and play at the same time, record it. And, you know, you have these really weird cuts to songs. You'd, you'd probably hear that your song was starting late. So you'd miss like the first two or three seconds and then you'd cut off weird. And then you'd go to the next song and it sounded like a really awkward, but we didn't care back then. All we wanted to do was be, to be able to listen to our favorite song whenever, whenever we could and pop it into the Walkman. Uh, but this, this, uh, this tape player in particular had a, and the ability the, the ability to record from a microphone and growing up as a kid i had this really old fisher price microphone that detached from a tape player and i was like you know what let me see if i can't somehow plug this uh, microphone into the tape player I, I was certain it wouldn't work right uh, but i plug it in and i was like I, I tested something out and i just spoke into it and i was like oh it works um so I think at this point I was using like an old cassette or something that I shouldn't record over. So I got my mom to take me up to the local uh, the local CVS, which is a drugstore, and they had all these uh, cassette tapes that you could record over. We got a couple for the project. I didn't know what to use to record, but uh, uh, I had this Outcast. I love the song Ms. Jackson. Um, that was like my jam back in the day. And I, I had a, a single or a, sing, a single CD of Mrs. Jackson. Um, so uh, with, with the instrumental, I, I basically had to find a way to play the instrumental and be able to record it. And this boombox that I was recording with, with the Fisher-Price mic in it, didn't have a CD player. Or I think it, you know what, it did have a CD player, but it didn't work. Only the tape player on this thing worked beside the radio. So I had to find a way to, to play... Uh, the songs, the, the, the background music from the outcast instrumental. And then I, I realized, you know what? I was like, I don't know if this is going to work, but let me try it. Uh, my mom had a kind of a mini CD boom box that was a little bit newer. And, uh, I was like, okay, well, let me see if I can't plug that in and just get in between the mic and, and the CD player, uh, playing the instrumental and see if I can rap and see how that sounds. And I gave it a shot. And, uh, at first, I didn't I didn't know to rap as myself. Uh, I decided to come up with this persona, and it was a rapping chicken by the name of Cluck Foa Buck. 
And I think this whole thing was just supposed to be funny. I don't think I was trying to be serious at all. I just kind of wanted to do something that was a little bit outlandish and, and would get some laughs and stuff. And it, I definitely got that. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, I try, I tried it out. I, I played the CD player. I, ha- I recorded on the Fisher Price mic on the other boombox, and I played it back. And sure enough, it sounded like a song. I didn't have to do much else to it uh, to to get it in its final form. I just basically had to be able to perform the song from start to finish. So I think I just wrote down all this this uh, nonsense in one of my school notebooks. And, and called it done. I think the whole process from uh, from trying to start recording the song to actually recording the song was no more than 10 or 15 minutes. Um, probably at the end of the day, if I was to find that tape, I bet you I'd listen to it and be like, this makes no sense whatsoever. It's just a bunch of nonsense recording into a mic with a high with a high pitched voice. It was like, hi, this is Clock for a Buck, or, so, or so, <laughs> something ridiculous like that. Anyway, I, I finish the song. I take it to my ninth grade English class. We're, we're all presenting our videos and our and our writings and our songs and stuff. I think I may have been the only person in our class to do a song, and maybe that's why it stood out so much. But we played my song in, in the tape player, and I just remember hearing the whole class just break out in laughter. Either either they thought I was like really crazy, or they were just general. They were genuinely entertained by what I was doing but regardless my my uh, English teacher at the time loved it and she awarded me the highest grade of the class again which was a big deal because there was a lot of smart people in that class and and to feel like I had uh, done the what was considered by my teacher to have the best project in the class was a huge deal to me uh, but the main impact of that was just seeing how everybody just loved it and fell in love with it, and if even if they thought I was stupid, right? They were just they were just entertained. That was the coolest thing to me. Um, so I get done with the I get done with the the project, and I was like, I, I just remember feeling that rush from the feedback of uh, everybody loving it. I was like, you know what? That was a lot of fun. Maybe I should try to do this for serious and see what it would sound like if I was to rap a little bit more seriously. So I did the not the, the next not so serious thing, which was just to uh, find a way to freestyle and not spend too much time writing songs, but just to see what it would sound like if I was to uh, to freestyle into into that uh, that boombox. So <laughs> I, I, I dig into kind of my CD stash. I had a lot of cool CDs at the time, uh, a mixture of rap, uh, rock, pop, all that stuff. But I didn't have too many instrumentals. I think that Outcast instrumental uh, was probably one of the only rap instrumentals I had. Um, so I, I remember asking my mom. My mom had this huge CD collection, a CD collection I didn't have. And I remember asking her, I was like, hey, mom, do you have anything that you think uh, doesn't have any lyrics already on it? No, no vocals on it. Uh, no one's singing on it. Do you have anything like that? Something I can practice uh, my rap skills with? And uh, she didn't really know what to point me to, but sh- she did have lying around a couple of pure mood CDs. She had like volume one, volume two, and then maybe Celtic moods or one of those. I don't know how she got onto these CDs, but she had them. Anyway, I borrow her CD stash, the the pure mood stash. I was like, oh, I was, I was. Getting on the CD boombox, flipping through the tracks, trying to hear something that I thought I could 
flow to. And uh, remember, the first track that caught my attention was this acoustic guitar track over kind of an upbeat instrumental. I was like, bingo, that's it. Let me try to freestyle over this. So I, I popped the CD into the CD player. I'm playing it, and I'm listening to it. And I, I was like, okay, let me just do whatever pops into my head. And it was something like, what do you know? I got something that you just can't see. Um, but I don't even remember the rest. It, that's, but that's kind of how it kicked off. And uh, and <laughs> I just did it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it in the first take. Whatever the first take is, I'm just going to roll with that. And probably less than five minutes of, of from hitting record to hitting stop, I had my very first song on tape that was serious and, and as myself, not this rapping chicken. And I played it back and I played it back and I rewound and played it back and rewound and played it back. And it was just this thing I, I can't really fully describe in words, but just hearing my voice reco- recorded for posterity. Like, I, I could be, I think I had that thought, like, this could be 20 years from now, and I could go back to today at the time, which this would have been 2001, I could go back to 2001 and listen to this freestyle that I did in all five minutes and hear what I was thinking at that specific time, quote unquote, put down on wax, <laughs> or on, on this, in this case, a cassette tape, and just falling in love with the process that was recording. Now, I know it sounded terrible. I know my freestyle was not that great. It was probably about nothing. I probably said nothing of substance. But that didn't matter to me. Uh, the fact that it was recorded on tape and every, and the beat sounded a little distant. It didn't sound as punchy as it could have. Uh, the fact that my vocal sounded a little bit distant. It didn't matter to me. Just the, the feeling that I got from being able to listen back to something recorded meant more than anything else. And, but, you know, that that's really, in essence, what made me fall in love with the concept of recording was just hearing it play back for the first time. Um, so now I'm basically hooked. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm scouring those CDs. I'm trying to find the next big tracks that I can rap over. And uh, I think I got four or five songs in. I, w- I was just recording on the same tape and just recording freestyles. And uh, in most cases, I could get it done in one take. But if I messed up really bad, say I messed up extremely bad, I'd just rewind the tape, find where the last song ended, and then just start right after and just tape right over the old performance. And uh, I got about four or five songs in, and then I realized that I was pretty much out of beats (laughs) to rap over. So... That I, I kind of ran into that wall of needing something else to freestyle over. Then I recalled that for the PlayStation 1, I think when I was in 7th grade, I, I, I was uh, gifted this CD called the MTV Music Generator. And this, little did I know at the time, this uh, game, what was labeled a game, it was really a music recording software, will become my first what's called a digital audio workstation, or DAW for short. And uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but wow, it, it really would change the way uh, that I saw the, the, how the process of music is made. And it was my first experience into using uh, a music recording software, even though I wasn't recording vocals into it. But I was starting to go back and, and put that, I had the PlayStation 2 at that point in time, 
I plugged in that game because you could play games from PlayStation 1 on the PlayStation 2. It was uh, backwards compatible. I plugged that game into my PlayStation 2 and uh, realized I could start making my own beats. So I'd already started trying to rap. Now I was going to try to make beats for the first time. And uh, I was again, I was playing drums a lot. So I'd, I'd start with the drums. I'd do these really complicated rhythms, but they sounded really cool to me. And uh, living in the South, living in Charlotte, North Carolina, I was also exposed to a lot of Southern rap. And a lot of Southern rap around that time had a lot of really quick drums. So uh, you might hear like a lot of hip hop hip hop patterns that are or trap patterns that are popular now that are a little bit more simplistic. the The southern rap beats that I was hearing back then had like snares that would be like really fast, and they would pitch up and pitch down. And I was trying to incorporate that into my beats. I even had sections in the middle of the song or the middle of the beat where it would be all drums. So I was thinking kind of like I was doing in and. And marching band, which was to have, like, the band stop playing and then the drum line would just play, like, several bars of uh, just their own thing. And I was doing that in my rap beats. I was kind of throwing little, quote-unquote, drum features in there. And uh, I was really just having a lot of fun experimenting with uh, not only using the drum sounds from MTV Music Generator, but also playing with their stock loops. And all a loop is is someone who's already come in and made, like, a drum beat or, like, a... Um, like say they took like a, a synthesizer or a piano and already made like a melody and then you could just copy and paste it and have that same uh, melody that same you know say four to eight uh, notes play over and over again you could copy and paste it and, and keep it going indefinitely so I was experimenting with creating my own uh, I think you you could do minimal sound design in MTV Music Generator but you could definitely make your own drum patterns so I was doing a hybrid approach of both, making my own drum patterns and copy and pasting stuff that other people did. But at the end of the day, the beat was my own. Um, so I think I rounded out my first, if you want to call it an album, I rounded out my first album with a couple of beats that I fully produced in MTV Music Generator. Same process where I just played the beat and freestyled over it. Um, I did also did a couple where I had written the songs out ahead of time. And this was different from freestyling in the fact that I knew exactly the outcome of the song before I began the song. And I kind of learned when I was recording all in one go, so I was recording the song, the performance from start to finish, that if I wanted to do a song in this process, if I wanted to do what's called punching in, or basically going back to a place where I made a mistake and just correcting it, that it would not sound very good and it would also be kind of difficult to get it right. And what I mean by that is I did write a song for my first tape, made it made the beat on MTV Music Generator and say I messed up, which I did often. I was I was just starting to rap. Um I was constantly messing up, especially when <laughs> it wasn't coming off the dome, you know what I'm saying? Um I knew exactly how I wanted it to go and I messed up like say you know, since I had to start the song from start to finish and say it's a three-minute song, say I had the first two minutes perfect and I was on the last minute of the song and I messed up one part on the third verse because it was very easy to run out of breath. I was like running out of breath uh, by that time. To do a full song from start to finish, finish perfect the way you want it, very difficult. I was running out of breath and uh, I'd have to go back in and punch in and redo those vocals. And the way I'd have to do it is 
I'd back up the, the beat. I'd play the beat um, from a specific point on the, on the MTV Music Generator. And then I would hit play. And then I would try to time the part on the, on the recorded tape exactly where it was. And I'd press play and record. And I usually have to rush in and, and say it. And so it would be like this really obvious and loud um, vocal coming in and beat coming in. And it was very obvious that I punched in. <laughs> but that's how I had to do it if I didn't want to redo the whole track, which in hindsight probably would have been easier. Uh, but anyway, I went through the process of making my own beat, my own beats. And so by the end of the tape, I had this tape which not only had I'd rap for the first time, but I'd also made some of my very first beats. Naturally, what I wanted to do is shop this tape around my high school and let people listen to it and get some idea of what they thought about it. Um, but before I did that, I knew I'd have to make some type of tape cover. So, of course, we didn't know what selfies were back then, but I had this really low-quality digital camera. I think it was called like a jam cam or something like that. Um, shout out to all my people listening that had the jam cam back in like the early 2000s. Uh, but I took a selfie of me in my bedroom and I remember I was wearing this, uh, white old Navy cutoff t-shirt and this really cheesy blue Nike visor. And I was just like taking this selfie and then I went in like, uh, Microsoft paint or something like that. And, uh, put, I, I was like, man, I got to come up with some name. I can't just use my regular name. So I thought of the name, uh, the methodical man or AD, the methodical man. Don't ask me what that means. I have no clue. Uh, but I just came up with some really cheesy name and I, I put the name of, uh, the album, which I think was called myth 15 or something like that. Uh, again, I have no idea. It was probably me just being random. I have a really random <laughs> sense of humor. Um, so I had my, I had my tape cover. I went on the back. I wrote the name of all the freestyles and songs and, uh, at this time, I was playing junior varsity basketball, and uh, I remember some of the first people I let, let listen to the tape were my teammates. We'd be uh, on the activity bus on the way to a road game, and uh, I let them listen to the tapes. And uh, I remember getting the reaction of my friend Carlos, and uh, I think in one of the freestyles, I was like, get them. And then uh, I, I let them listen to the tape on my Walkman tape player. And I had the uh, I had my very low quality earbuds in at the time or or headphones, and I remember like him just like nodding his head to the to the track playing, and then the get him part came on. I was like, get him, and he was like kind of like rapping it, and I was like, this is awesome. He's able to uh, fully get what I'm what I'm trying to give out immediately, which was really cool to me. And of course, a lot of my teammates we all listened to hip hop, so they they instantly got what I was trying to do with that. But that was that was my first experience letting people hear uh, my finished work. And then I passed the tape around class. And as time went on, as the months went on, I was starting to get more feedback. I was also practicing. I was making new tapes. But I was starting to get a lot of feedback from my classmates about what they thought about the tape. And they always said, you know, Adam, this is really cool. Um, but a lot of them were like, yeah, I can tell you made this kind of like the beats sound cool. Your, your rhymes sound cool, but it just, it sounds like, you know, that it's not all that professional yet. And so I remember asking some of my classmates, so what do you think I could do to get it to sound more professional? And they're like, well, may, you know, maybe have you ever thought about booking studio time, like actual studio time? I was like, well, you know, I guess that logically makes sense, but I never really thought about it. You know, I am like a 15 year old, 16 year old kid. Uh, how am I going to be able to afford studio time? And 
think I knew it at least had some idea that studio time was like between 50 to $200 an hour back then. I was like, wow, you know, I haven't, I don't think I've made that much allowance money in my lifetime to be able to afford an hour of studio time. And, uh, fast forward to another time. Uh, I'm, I'm in Charlotte with my family. Uh, my mom took us to the store that's defunct now. It's no longer around, but it was called media play. And, uh, they had CDs, they had DVDs, books, all that stuff, but they also had computer software. Well, we go in there and, uh, being the computer nerd that I am, I'm just, uh, going down the aisles and looking at the different, you know, Microsoft Word, tax software, all that stuff. And around the corner and out all in the corner of my eye, I see this bright red package. I think it was bright red or orange or something like that. And it was for this program called Cakewalk Plasma. And uh, I remember reading the, the box, and it, it had exactly what I was looking for. It was like, hey, do you want to produce quality music at home without paying for studio time? If so, buy this program. And I was like, bingo. Why, why would I have to buy studio time to improve my music when I can do this at home? So... Uh, it was actually not all that hard to convince my mom to buy it. I think it was like a 20 or $30 program. She was probably like, oh, well, you know, if Adam, my mom being a, a fine artist, she probably got just as much as anybody that uh, um, if I wanted to be creative in some way and it and didn't involve like me banging on drums at like one o'clock in the morning that I could get some type of music software and it'd be uh, something to explore. So she bought it for me. And we took it home and installed it on our year 2000, 2001 Dell computer. You know, the whole com- the commercials were, dude, you're getting a Dell. Yeah, well, we got a Dell. And uh, when we got the computer, it came with this very small, uh, I don't even know if you classify it as what's known as a small condenser microphone. But basically, it, it was a microphone that had a very small capsule. So any audio that it recorded sounded kind of like not quite like a telephone level quality but probably like the next worst thing from that uh very thin sounding very kind of harsh sounding but it got the job done uh so i installed the cakewalk plasma program on my computer it came with some loops uh and from my experience with the mtv music generator i knew kind of how to throw that together but i didn't know the concept of what's called multi-track recording and I didn't realize it at the time, but that was basically what I was learning was the process of multi-track recording. And what that is, is basically you not recording a full song in real time like I was doing with the tapes. You could go in and record single parts at a time. If you wanted to go in and record just one part of the song, like say a verse or, or just a chorus or just even like one part of a chorus and then you could do what's called overdubbing and which is basically kind of like where uh, you listen to what you recorded and record something over it but instead of erasing it all you're just adding to it Uh, it allowed me to do all of that and then I realized not only did this sound way better than my tapes like astronomically 20,000 times better it was a lot easier to record and then I I, kind of had the aha that oh okay there is a smarter way to do this and because of the computer, it's going to let me do this. So uh, I started recording some songs over over uh, multi-track. And no, while it wasn't quite going to a recording studio at this point and using professional microphones and equipment, 
it was definitely a quantum leap from where I was uh, just recording on tape players and using cassette players and trying to do it all perfectly at once. Uh, so yeah, so I, I kind of had that breakthrough of learning what multi-track was. So I think I'm going to cap the episode here, but, uh, hopefully that gives you guys a general idea of, uh, how I got started recording, um, how I went from basically feeling like, no, you know, I don't really want to be a recording artist to, oh, I love recording. I love the feeling that, um, it gives me when other people listen to my song and they get a reaction from the, the stuff I'm creating and, uh, using that feedback, I think, uh, naturally I just kind of walked into the next step by, uh, creating my songs and then shopping them around class and school and getting instant real time reactions from people and hearing their feedback, uh, which led me to search for something that sounded better. I had to be resourceful because I, I definitely didn't have the money uh, at the time to book recording studio, but I, I knew that I wanted to continue to create music in my free time. And uh, finding that very first digital audio workstation for my computer, the Cakewalk Plasma, uh, was the quantum move that got me into multi-track recording. And as you'll probably see in the next episode, I'll, I'll get into how... Uh, downloading beats and all that really changed the game and um, basically in a sense allowed me to uh, see what it took to be an online music producer online hip-hop music producer r&b pop whatever you name it Uh, it it definitely showed me what was possible and it showed me what my peers were doing Um, i will talk about that the next episode thanks once again for listening uh, just want to shout out to all my listeners. If you're, if you're listening now, man, I really, truly 100, 1000% appreciate you. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I am creating these episodes and, uh, have a amazing blessed day. Talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye.